Friday, April 6, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports, try to bring you a dose of common sense, try to give you just a little bit of sarcasm, maybe make you smile once or twice during the show, and we are very, very happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. I hope that in some small way, that just maybe we have helped you get through your work week a little bit easier. It's always kind of tough getting through every single week. Hopefully, we were able here at The Daily Dose to help you with that. If you'd like to contact us, we would love to hear how you are doing. Love to hear how you are wasting your time on this Friday, trying to get to the weekend. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports, and we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you got a suggestion. Maybe you have some feedback. Maybe you need some advice. Whatever it might be, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to hit us up. Today on the show, we have a number of things to get to, including some breaking news that we've got to talk about. We also do have our weekend preview and what might be out there for us to watch now that college basketball is over. Uh, It's going to be a little bit tough, isn't it? We have a few things that you might be able to tune in for, though. And as we do every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5, a staple of the Daily Dose since we began. You never know which way the top five is going to go, but you have to make sure that you stick around for that. couple things coming out in the world of breaking news. First, in the NBA, horrible news for the Boston Celtics. And really, for the NBA in general, all-star point guard Kyrie Irving will miss the rest of the regular season and the playoffs the team announced he is done. Kyrie will undergo another procedure on Saturday to remove two screws from his patella that were actually inserted back in 2015 to repair a fracture he suffered in that year's NBA Finals. The team said a bacterial infection was discovered at the site of those screws when Irving had his most recent surgery just back in March, just a couple weeks ago, to remove some tension wire in that knee. And that Saturday's procedure is going to ensure that there is no infection remaining in his knee. Now, I am still not sure why it took Kyrie so long to have the surgery he just had a couple weeks ago to begin with. I am going to assume they never thought it was as bad as it actually was, but it sounded like that knee has been bothering him for the last three or four years. Why weren't they going in there and checking that out? I don't know. A little bit disturbing that they weren't looking at that knee beforehand. You just have to hope Kyrie can come back and be what he once was. It's a little bit scary when you hear exactly what he is going in there for to clean up some infection in there. That's a little bit scary. But the bad thing is, the NBA East just got worse. And I mean, when you think about that, honestly, that's not easy to do. But it did. It just took another hit. What else do we have coming out in sports news? Looks like the Denver Broncos have signed free agent punter Marquette King to a three-year cut. You know what? That's the free agent move the Broncos make? They signed a punter? That's not news. I don't care about that. I don't want to hear about them signing a punter. Go sign a real player, not a soccer player. That's the Broncos' big move in free agency? They went and got a punter? I don't care about a punter. This isn't news, especially a dancing punter. No, I'm not talking about that. Never mind. Speaking of the NFL, you know, the NFL draft is coming in just a few weeks. And for the second straight year, you can actually make prop bets in Vegas On the NFL Draft, yes, William Hill Sportsbook apparently 
has prop bets available on things that are going to take place in the NFL draft. I guess they opened it for the first time last year. So much success. They are going to do it again this year. Here are a few of the current prop bets that are on the board per William Hill. Number of Alabama players selected in the first round. The over-under is set at four. Just kind of a bet you could make if you were interested in doing that. Number of running backs selected in the first round. The over-under is set at 1.5. Which way would you bet there? Would there be a second one selected? Number of wide receivers selected in the first round. The over-under is set at 2.5. So just kind of some interesting sports bets that are out there, but are going to be on the NFL draft this year. Kind of interesting to keep in mind. You know, I'm just kind of thinking about that right now. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, there are a couple prop bets that I would like to see added to the big board. Like I have a few ideas for some prop bets. I wonder if we could get these on the board as well. Um, here's one. Number of times that we are going to hear that the Cleveland Browns finally seem to be on the right track. Uh, I'm going to set the over-under at about 35 on that one. Because I have a feeling we're going to be hearing that a lot come draft day. Number of picks into the draft before the Browns actually screw something up. Ooh, I'm going to set that over-under at one. Because I don't know which way they're going to go. Very first pick out, they might get it wrong. A couple other things I'd like to see on the board. Number of times that we are going to hear the phrase face of the franchise when the draft experts are discussing one of the quarterbacks getting drafted. I would think we would probably need to set that over under at about 26. Number of times that we are going to hear the phrase he really sets the edge when they are talking about a defensive player. I'll put that over under at about 47. And what else could we put on there? Like a prop bet we could put for the NFL draft. Oh, I've got one. Number of times that we hear the phrase high motor, I would set that at probably about 42, right in that vicinity. Now, number of times they are saying high motor about a white guy, I would also say 42. Number of times they are referring to anyone of any other race, yeah, I'd put that at zero because I don't think we're going to hear that all day. Hey, coming back, we will be previewing a decent weekend in sports. Yes, college basketball is now over, but there are still some decent things to watch. We're going to let you know what those are when we get back. You know, we do this every single week. We take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend because, like I've told you, you have a lot to do. Right now, you're finishing up your work week, getting done on a Friday. Hopefully, you're off soon. Maybe you're going to happy hour. Maybe you're going out. Maybe you've got plans. Maybe you've got other things to do. You've got errands or things you have to do that you probably don't really want to do. Saturday, Sunday, you've got things to do. You're busy. You've got barbecues to go to. You've got family events to attend. You've got chores to do. All those things. And what we like to do here at The Daily Dose is we like to just kind of let you know, here are some things you might want to kind of pencil some time aside on your calendar for there are some things coming up for you to watch. Now, sometimes you got to be a little bit sneaky about it. Sometimes you got to be a little bit smart and say, okay, I know that this is on, say, Saturday evening. I'm going to kind of try to figure out a way. Maybe I see if we can get to a bar. Maybe I see if I can get to a friend's house somewhere where I can see this event. We just try to let you know when things are going to be so that you can kind of be sure to tune in for them and not miss anything. Of course, now, not only are we previewing the games to watch, 
we do also pick the games and then we see how we do with our picks. Now, last week, we were off for spring break, of course. But, but the previous week, we did go eight and two, bounced back from a little bit of a rough week the week before. Now, understand this. We don't pick the games that are going to be easy picks. That would be too simple. We pick the games that are worth watching and then we try to pick a winner just to kind of keep ourselves on our toes, right? Remember, it's not easy to do, but we do it for you because we're in the business of helping people. So if you were so inclined, maybe to, I don't know, have a friendly wager with a friend or whatever it might be, you could probably listen to our picks and do okay making those picks. And if you do well, hey, great, shoot us an email. Tell us how well you did. If you do bad, you never got this information from us. Remember, all times that we give for our weekend preview are always mountain time zone. So make sure you calculate for that. Now, like I said, I am a little bit sad this week that we don't have any college basketball. I won't even pretend that I'm not. I am going to be going through some withdrawals this weekend because I was watching college basketball every day, all day. But... You know, we must plow ahead. We must keep going forward. There are still some things to watch. Starting off tonight, Friday night, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we actually have a pretty decent game in the NBA. Now, there are only like, what, four or five games left for most NBA teams before the playoffs get started. And both of these teams tonight are going to be in the postseason, which is still a little bit crazy when you think about it. But This is a very interesting game tonight because these are two teams that are within like a game of each other. The winner is going to have the inside track to lock up the number three seed in the East. The loser will probably fall to the four seed. That may not seem like a huge deal, but I'd rather be the three and face, say, Miami in the first round than be the four tonight. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Philadelphia 76ers. No, it's not a playoff game. But hey, it's not far off. These two teams both need this win. You would rather be the three than be the four. I think Miami is a lot less dangerous than Indiana is. I will take Cleveland on the road, but I will only take Cleveland because Philly doesn't have Joel Embiid. But I will say this, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is playing really, really good basketball down the stretch. It seems like he is starting to figure things out more and more. He's starting to carry that Philly team a little bit. Should be a decent game tonight in the NBA. Of course, we know that the Masters at Augusta did begin yesterday. They will be going all weekend. Can Tiger Woods actually contend for another major? We will see. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But remember, you can watch the Masters throughout the day, all day today, if you'd like. Moving on to Saturday, we actually have a pretty good Premier League matchup as number one Manchester City faces off against Manchester United. Sure, there's only like five or six weeks left and Man City basically has the title locked up. And of course, there are no playoffs in this goofy league. So this game is just for pride, but it's also for bragging rights. It is for everyone to say, hey, we beat you. And also you should know, I'm really fighting the urge to say all of this that I'm saying in a bad British accent. Now I'm gonna pick Man City. Not just because they're the top team, but also because it bothers Big Rob, who is a Man U fan. But hey, if you want to start off your Saturday morning with what should be a pretty competitive Premier League game, this isn't bad. Man City versus Man U, that is at 10.30 a.m. Saturday morning. Now, fast forward to Saturday evening at 6.30 p.m., we have a pretty good Western Conference game to watch. The Golden State Warriors 
have the number two seed locked up in the West, and they are just trying to survive until the playoffs start, and they can get Steph Curry back. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Pelicans are tumbling back to earth. Do you realize New Orleans is now below 500 in their past 10 games? They are holding on to that number eight spot in the West for dear life. And they don't have any room for error because Denver and the Clippers are just right behind them waiting to take that playoff spot. Now, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Warriors here because they're at home. If they play hard, they should be okay here. But New Orleans has a lot on the line. They need to get a win on Saturday night. Also on Saturday night, at 7 p.m., we've got something a little bit different. You know the Indy 500 will be coming next month. And while none of us know any of the drivers who will actually run in that race, here is a chance to familiarize yourself with a few drivers at least because at 7 p.m. on Saturday, the IndyCar circuit goes to Phoenix to run down at that racetrack down in Phoenix. Now, sure, these cars look a lot more like a space shuttle with wheels than an actual race car, and we don't know any of the drivers, and people are afraid to pass on this circuit, so it ends up looking a lot like Follow the Leader, and IndyCar like hides this race on a Saturday night, and it's probably on like the Cooking Network or something. Why was I bringing up this race again? Oh yeah, Indy is coming. Phoenix is a fast, short track, so you might be more entertained than you might think. Go watch these rocket ships drive in circles. Enjoy. Indy racing, 7 p.m., Phoenix, Saturday night. Okay, never mind that. Moving on. We have, on Saturday night, what might be a sneaky good fight on Showtime Saturday, as in the main event on Showtime, as we will see 21-0 challenger, Jared Hurd take on Cuban fighter Arislandi Lara. Now, Lara has had a bizarre career, but he is a very, very good Southpaw fighter. He has fought Paul Williams and Canelo Alvarez, but he kind of got some shady decisions on both of those fights. How shady were they? Well, the judges in the Williams fight were actually all three suspended. Now, Laura is 25-2-2. Hurd is at least a worthy challenger, so maybe a good fight breaks out. I would pick Laura because of the competition that he's faced. Fighting that left-hander is always a struggle, but that's not a bad fight on Showtime. Also, on the undercard of that fight, we will get what could be a pretty good rematch. Caleb Truax fought James DeGale back in December in what was supposed to be a really, really easy tune-up match for DeGale. Yeah, that's not how it went at all. Truax actually outfought him and actually won his title. It was considered by many to be the biggest upset in boxing in 2017. And now we have the rematch. Can DeGale actually show up and maybe, you know, fight this time around? We'll see. Now, I hate to say this, but DeGale might be fighting for his career. You lose twice to the same guy, and it's a guy that honestly didn't have much of a name. That could be all she wrote. This is a tough pick, but I'm going to go ahead and take DeGale to bounce back. You would think he would actually show up in this fight. I think maybe he just got surprised in that first one. Finally, Saturday night, 8.30 p.m., we have a decent NHL game. We have the Minnesota Wild facing off against the San Jose Sharks in San Jose. You know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are coming quickly. So you might want to start watching a little hockey, right? Both of these teams should be in the postseason. Both are playing pretty well down the stretch. If you have nothing else to watch Saturday night, if you're not watching the fights, or if the fights end early, flip over 8.30 p.m., check out the Wild versus the Sharks Western Conference matchup. You should see some decent hockey there. Moving on to Sunday. Starting 
bright and early on Sunday too. At 8.15 a.m., we have a little bit of La Liga going. Yes, Real Madrid versus Atletico Madrid. Now, I know nothing about soccer. And I know even less about La Liga. Maria, poquendo los cientos dientes con glee. But Real Madrid is sitting in third place, and they are going to face second place Atletico Madrid. That seems like a big thing, right? I'm sure of this. I'm sure this is going to be huge in Madrid. But other than that, I don't really know much about it. So, uh, I don't know. If you want to see some good soccer, it's probably some pretty good soccer. Now, like I said earlier, the Masters at Augusta will be running all weekend. And, of course, Sunday is going to be that big finale. Now, there's no way that Tiger Woods can actually put together four championship rounds. Can he? I mean, I'm saying probably not. Augusta might have been a great fit for him back when he was younger. But now, I don't know if he has the distance to compete with those younger guys. But hey, I mean, on Sunday, you have to check in and see though, right? Like we're all going to at least be flipping over and saying, okay, is he at least in contention? Is this worth watching? Because can you imagine if somehow Tiger actually was in contention? Can you imagine how crazy Augusta would be on Sunday, just kind of running all day? You might just want to check in on the Masters at Augusta. Now at noon on Sunday, the NASCAR group is heading back to the super speedways. And this week, they will be in Fort Worth for a 500-mile race. Of course, Kyle Busch is leading the current standings. Martin Truex is just a few points back. You know, Jimmy Johnson is actually really struggling this year. He's clear back in 17th in the point standings. But that's kind of interesting because he has won this 500-mile race in Texas two of the past three years. Maybe he can get going a little bit on Sunday? I don't know. Feel like watching some NASCAR? There you go. Noon Sunday. At 2.05... We have some Major League Baseball as the Los Angeles Dodgers go to San Francisco and finish up that three-game series with the Giants. You know, it's always fun to watch these interstate rivalries, Dodgers versus Giants and that kind of thing. And it's always fun, particularly for me, to see the fans in the stands because you usually have the guy in the Dodgers jersey with the Giants tattoo on his bicep. I mean, that's just good stuff right there. Like, you can't write that. That's just good stuff. That's just stuff you just see, and that's just awesome. Gotta love those California fans. Finally, at 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, we have a decent NBA matchup. We finish off the weekend with a game that does have a little bit of playoff implications because the Utah Jazz are currently hanging on for dear life to the number four seed in the West. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Lakers really don't have anything much to play for, and they've been sliding backward lately, but they're playing at home. Maybe they put up a little bit of a fight. Now, Utah is trying to hold off San Antonio for the four seed in the West. And that would mean whoever gets the four seed between those two teams gets home court advantage over the other. So Utah can't afford to lose this game. They have got to go to LA and they have got to take care of business and beat the Lakers. Hey, the NBA playoffs, they are coming very, very quickly. And with some of the injuries and some of the things going on, it's going to be a very, very interesting NBA playoffs. There's your weekend. Like I said, a little bit different this week. No college basketball. Of course, football is done, but we do still have a few things out there to watch. Hey, coming back, we are going to be getting to our daily dose top five. Now, you might not realize it, but we did see a little history on Monday night as the Villanova Wildcats won the NCAA title. What history specifically are we talking about? 
Well, you just kind of have to wait like 60 seconds to find out. Just a quick reminder that if you do have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles featuring your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. April's Loot Crate theme is called Artifacts, and it features items from Marvel Comics, Lord of the Rings, The Legend of Zelda, and The Dark Crystal. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you enter Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. And if you're looking at those four franchises and saying, yeah, those don't really interest me, go over to Loot Crate because I promise you, they have a number of franchises. You are sure to find one that is going to be exactly right for what you want. So make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com. Now, as we do every single week, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Now, on Monday this week, the Villanova Wildcats were crowned NCAA champions as they, of course, beat the Michigan Wolverines. Now, the big story in that game was the play of redshirt sophomore guard Dante DiVincenzo, who just did it all for the Wildcats. I mean, he shot the ball well. An 11 to 5 stretch. DiVincenzo breaks their heart. Holy <laughs> dagger! How about the biggest stage, the brightest lights? He attacked the basket. He had a couple of very, very memorable blocks. Not bad for a guy coming off the bench. DiVincenzo finished the game with 31 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And don't forget, when he got in, that was a team that desperately needed a little bit of a boost. They were struggling to get anything going until he came in the game. But here's what you might not realize. It is actually a very rare feat to score at least 30 points in the championship game. Do you realize that since the tournament format changed to 64 teams, there have only been a few players that have scored 30 or more points in the actual title game? How many? Not counting DiVincenzo? Yeah, kind of funny how that works out. So here is our Daily Dose top five players that scored 30 or more points in a national championship game. Coming in at number five. Five. You know, in 1997, the Arizona Wildcats had the reputation for choking in the tournament. You know, it's kind of funny. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Arizona had gone 25-9 and in the regular season, and they were named a four seed. But, I mean, we all just knew they were going to, like, fall in the first or second round like usual, right? Well, they almost did lose in the second round to the College of Charleston. But then Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, and Michael Dickerson kind of got rolling. They beat Paul Pierce, Rafe LaFrance, and that Kansas team in the Sweet 16. Then they survived Providence in the Elite Eight. And then they beat North Carolina, who had a couple guys by the names of Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson. Yeah, they beat them in the Final Four. They faced Kentucky in the final. Arizona versus Kentucky. Of course, Bibby and Terry went on to solid NBA careers. But in the championship game, it was a guard by the name of Miles Simon that posted 30 points in that final game. And the Arizona Wildcats beat Kentucky and brought the title back to Tucson. Moving on to number four. You know, you might remember our number four entry more for what he did recently as he was involved in a lawsuit over using collegiate players' likenesses in video games. But back in 1995, 
He was just a guy trying to get UCLA back to the promised land for the first time in over 20 years. You know, the UCLA Bruins were an explosive team in 95. They had the ability to score some serious points, but in their second round matchup against Missouri, looked like it might have been over until little point guard Tyus Edney went the length of the floor in less than like five seconds and UCLA got the win in advance. The Bruins would eventually face Arkansas in the NCAA championship game and with everything on the line, it wasn't Tyus Edney. No, it wasn't Toby Bailey. It was Charles O'Bannon that would score 30 points and grab 17 rebounds to help UCLA win the national title. Moving on to number three. Hey, it's no surprise that this guy scored more than 30 points in the national championship game. He averaged almost 30 points for the entire season in 1988. The Kansas Jayhawks we're led, of course, by head coach Larry Brown, but Danny Manning averaged nearly 25 points a game, while the next leading scorer on the team, Milt Newton, yeah, he averaged just 11. The Jayhawks would be named a number six seed. Somehow, they rode the talent of Danny Manning all the way to the title game, where they would face a very up-tempo Billy Tubbs Oklahoma Sooner squad. You might remember some players off of that team. Mookie Blaylock. Harvey Grant, Stacey King, Ricky Grace, but it would be Danny Manning that would step up in the title game. He scored 31 points, he grabbed 18 rebounds, and the big man made five steals. Danny Manning carried the Jayhawks to the championship in 1988. He comes in at number three. Moving on to number two. And this one won't be much of a surprise as this guy is the leading scorer for an entire tournament in NCAA history. But at the time, his team winning it all was a bit surprising. See, the Michigan Wolverines had gone 30 and 7 in 1989. They finished third in the Big Ten. But at the end of their season, just prior to the tournament, their head coach, Bill Frieder, he announced he would be leaving Ann Arbor to take the job at Arizona State after the tournament. Of course, Michigan Athletic Director Bo Schembechler said, Why wait? I don't want anyone here who isn't a Michigan man anyways. So he booted Frieder out right before the tournament and he named assistant coach Steve Fisher the interim head coach. Now there was no doubt that this team was talented, but now they kind of had that common goal. They all wanted to prove Bill Frieder wrong. Rumil Robinson, Loy Vaught, Sean Higgins, Terry Mills, and of course, Glenn Rice pulled together. They went on an incredible run capping in the championship game over Seton Hall, where Glenn Rice would score 31 points and grab 11 rebounds. The Michigan Wolverines won an improbable title. So who could come in at number one? Who has scored the most points in a modern NCAA championship game? And understand, we're just going from 85 on. Prior to that, the format was a little different. I realize we had some bigger point records if we go back older, but just in the modern era, who has scored the most points in a championship game? I'll give you a hint. It happened in the same game we just talked about. Now, people might forget about this team, and they definitely forget about this player, but he has the record, at least in games, once the tournament format did change. This was also in 1989. Head coach PJ Carlissimo had led Seton Hall to a 31-7 and record. And in the tournament, Andrew Gaze, Raymond Ramos, Daryl Walker, Anthony Avent, and this guy had managed to beat some pretty good teams along the way. First, 
They beat Indiana, who had Jay Edwards and Joe Hillman. They beat UNLV, who had Stacey Ogman, Moses Scurry, Anderson Hunt, and Greg Anthony. Remember, this was just prior to the arrival of Larry Johnson at UNLV. And then they beat Danny Ferry, Robert Brickey, Phil Henderson, Allah Abdulnabi, and a young guy named Christian Leitner of Duke in the Final Four before Seton Hall faced Michigan in that championship game. They were actually in pretty good shape until the refs called a foul late and Rumiel Robinson hit those free throws and down went Seton Hall. But it was John Morton who scored 35 points for the Pirates in a losing cost. Hey, on Monday night, the game might not have been as close as we had all hoped, but we did see a little history as Dante DiVincenzo put up 31 points and Villanova beat Michigan. It hasn't happened where we have seen someone score at least 30 points nearly as often as we might think it has, but we did see a little bit of history on Monday night. Hey, it is Friday and we made it through another week. Next week, of course, we will be back to discuss all of the happenings that have gone on over the weekend and keep you up on the latest and greatest in the world of sports. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I genuinely hope that you are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for shopping at Loot Crate. Thank you for subscribing to the show. It is all very, very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all next week. Have a great weekend.